Welcome to Return to Form. We are back in 2024, so and we're discussing a film, a late 2023 film, Maestro, initially, mm. and then uh, the second half of the episode, we're going to talk about Lu Lao Ye's... Lao Ye's Suzhou River. Yes, um, which we yep. just saw. So it's a bit of an instant reaction. We're just mm. at the Garden Cinema in, in London's Covent Garden. More of a... It's like I feel like it's spiritually... Covent Garden, but in fact, it's probably Holborn. Holborn, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, Holborn. It's Covent Garden coded, but coded. Holborn. It, it's <laughs> Real, giving realness. Holborn. <laughs> it's got Holborn realness. Um, um, yeah, I'm yeah, sad for saying that. Sorry. Yeah, um, no, I think it was. Uh, it's a great cinema. You should definitely yeah. go there. They have. Uh, they have last year. They had a and this year. Uh, they had a great program. They've got Boonwell season coming up. They got this. Well, they had the, longer the moment we're in the middle of a, the China cinema project. So yeah, it was a, ti- a Taiwanese cinema. Um, they've kind of uh, divided church and state as they were with the. Well, the two different countries. I think. We I don't think they are. People but, would you agree know, with that. I wouldn't agree with that at all. But. Um, <laughs> I don't I know think the so. Yeah, so that's the capacity under which we saw mm-hmm. uh, Suzhou River. So we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but should we just clip through Maestro? Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna find out what what we think are the reasons mm. why Maestro was good. surprisingly good. We good, did. Yeah. I don't think either of us were expecting it to be uh, good from uh, the the pitch. The pitch is. The pitch is. What is the pitch? It's a biopic. Of oh, I see what you mean. I yeah. thought you were just going to say, "What yeah, was the? Yeah, yeah. What's my quick, like, mouthy summary of why it's good?" Okay, what's your it's mouthy a bi- summary of the film. Of the film is that it is a biopic of Bernstein. Um, I say Bernstein. Um, so it's a historical biopic. So it's not a snapshot of one particular moment in his life, but uh, carries us through various uh, in a very linear, um, quite well, not entirely linear fashion, but you know, in a sort of historical trajectory through key moments in his life. It's like a very like impressionistic study. Um, you know, there aren't, there are in a sense sort of major plot points and points of tension, but and for it the most foregrounds part, his relationship. His relationships, so partly with his wife, True. Um, yeah, relationship. So his his sexuality is a is a part of this, I think, and it's like obviously a major factor of Bernstein's own life. Um, but I think kind of like holds lots of things in tension. Mm. So between his populist, you know, his his populist tendencies with um, the musical theatre, mm. and then you know Broadway theatre, uh, but then also his 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 deep abiding love for Mahler his interest in like the classical tradition proper. So I think there's that kind of tension between yeah. the popular and the, you know, and, the, and the at various highbrow. points he's told that he'll have to choose between mm. these routes and turns out it's a bit of a false choice. Cause he yeah, does cause both. he's like, yeah. legi- he's like yeah. his whole thing is mm. very inspiring. If you ever worry that you should choose one option, mm. you know, you can be straight and gay. <laughs> you can be straight and gay, which is kind of what the film... I didn't realise that was the central metaphor, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it kind of works in that capacity. I mean, yeah, so his 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 relationship with his wife, um, they had a family together, um, played by Carrie Mulligan. Yes. Carrie Mulligan, yeah. I almost said Carrie Bradshaw, which would have been... Uh, no, that would have books. been some, somewhat meta. Um, um, yes, Carrie Mulligan, fantastic, in as, as Felicia mm. Montegra who was a Costa Rican actress and I think also an activist. She had she led quite an interesting life herself, which I feel the film maybe didn't have room. It kind of eclipsed her. Didn't have room to explore, but it would have that that was maybe my one misgiving is that like she yeah, I wanted to see a little she bit. She was more of there her life. to basically be the foil to Bernstein's yeah. uh, genius and his virtuosity. So, you know, the big this is really like a you know, the big thing about this is a beyond the nose is that this is a Bradley Cooper acting vehicle. Yes, Although, directing no, no. vehicle. But it's not in but a way it, it, because it actually surpasses that. I what think. makes something a vehicle in your opinion? I think when it's the, all of the cards are laid out in a way that this is merely a vessel that allows one actor to shine and show off their brilliance. So I think Paul Thomas Anderson's There'll Be Blood is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. That is a film where... A Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel vehicle. Day-Lewis. It's really... I mean, Paul Dano is great in it, but really it's all about Daniel Day-Lewis mm-hmm. having being as bomb it's a character who's you know larger than life uh, who has great you know um would you describe Aguirre the wrath of god as a klaus kinski vehicle because i feel mm. like vehicle implies that the film has lost some of its integrity no. through being held primarily by a particular performance. yeah because i think i think that's really like eight mile is an m&m vehicle you wouldn't watch 100%. that film for any other reason right I listened to it for the the amazing <laughs> rap battles and uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's Eminem, isn't it? Yeah, um, uh, I th- I know. I feel like um, 
maybe you know no Agoura is chalk and cheese isn't it because Wrath of God is very much this I mean we know everything we know about Agoura is this, this already this very tense you know sort of uh, no I'm playing devil's advocate I yeah, think yeah. it's a holistically brilliant film but I think mm. that I wouldn't necessarily like and I don't love There Will Be Blood but I think that it's like Mm. It's not simply a, a powerful performance that makes something v- I think vehicular. Uh, vehicular. Uh, vehicular man sources with that. <laughs> uh, but no, I feel like I feel like there are certain films where you end up watching them because of the virtuosity of this one actor yeah. and their ability. It might be the verisimilitude of which they inhabit a particular role. This is everything I felt that like uh, Maestro would be. And I thought, yeah. oh, okay, maybe he's going to competently perform as Bernstein as a compo- as a conductor and as a composer and we'll that'll be it and it'll, it will laugh and cry and you know mm. whatever throughout the film but I think it was so much more interesting than that because um uh, Labatique who's his uh his DOP bought a bizarre frothy formally quite complicated like structure to how the film was shot because you know it was it used lots of interesting compositional angles the blocking was interesting um it was in it it tone shifted quite a lot you know between the eras and i think that was really interesting so each each segment of the film you know the 50s 60s 70s 80s had its own unique visual style that Mm. you know fully inhabited that era without kind of um exaggerating it or or satirizing it i think it had this quality of 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 wide broad influence Mm. maybe collage it was almost like i guess um, postmodern, if you like, but it w- I it was going to say that, but yeah. don't use the word because I say it all the time. Yeah, no, no, no. But we, we, I think we, we mean it. Yeah. <laughs> every time I say it, I we're mean not, it. You know, um, we're, we're, yeah. we're beating the pretentiousness charges <laughs> <laughs> every day. One <laughs> yeah. hopes. Um, um, but uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was mm. it, it, every. I, I thought frequently about various different directors. I mean, Joanna Hogg. Uh, there's an amazing, very, very Joanna Hoggish scene that's shot where, from a very distant angle where you can barely see the actors, mm. uh, the, 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 you know, Carrie Mulligan and, and Bradley Cooper. And they're having a, a horribly uncomfortable argument mm. that's a bit like, uh, almost feels like BBC TV, like um, comedy kind of like uh, cringe. Which, uh, which argument is this? So there's an argument where he's like, he ends the conversation and she's like, oh, are you, are you ending the conversation? You're walking away. Oh, okay. Do you remember this? Is no. it? I, I put it on, I think I sent it on WhatsApp. But yeah, it's it's like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's shot from a distance. You can barely see the actors. It's round about the midway point where they're talking about the daughter finding out uh, these hearing these oh, rumors, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. sort of saying he's like taking his trousers off and like getting yeah, undressed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, from a long car journey with his gay lover. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have but you th- heard th- about these allegations? Yeah. Uh, no. What are you talking about? Um, so, but anyway, this is like outside the house in the in the in the kind of near the pool, and it's like shot from the distance, and it's pure unrelated. I mean, it it feels like a, a tribute to uh, you know, and I I want to give Cooper some credit, despite the fact that you know I didn't initially think Cooper was a, a you know an avid cinephile. Judging by A Star is Born, which was a very perfunctory pedestrian mm. vehicle for Lady Gaga and himself. There we go. That's a vehicle. That's a pure vehicle. Uh, yeah. And very crisis of IP, you know, just remaking something, you know, trying to get the bums on seats. Was it Robert Redford originally or something? There's been it? three Star is Born, I think, before Christ. the Gaga one. Well, so, so Bradley Cooper's presence, um, starring role in American Sniper, didn't tee you up this man is going to be a great cinema. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen that. But this is, Terrible. I think, only his second um, directorial film. It is, yeah. yeah so yeah. I wasn't expecting much for based on Star is Born um, and uh, but no he seems to have like really done his uh, homework and become a mm. cinephile and done what I think we always hope Martin Scorsese will do yeah. as someone who's uh, built up such a you know demonstrates such a, a broad and voracious knowledge of, of film across the world and across the genre movies, yeah. um, uh, Bradley Cooper has really incorporated there are moments uh, the little sort of floating, uh, sort of the Terence Malicky floaty, yeah. uh, intimate steadicam shots. There are these like quite tracking shots through very palatial areas that evoke Rene's Lots Marianne of parties Bart. that feel kind of like John Cassavetes. What yeah, this becomes yeah, yeah. when you do this, it's like a list of oh, it's like that, but. Sometimes that would be annoying, but it feels kind of, it was like a loving tribute. Yeah, there are these Bergman-esque close-ups that feel like mm. really you know, in stark. The, you know, the way Bergman sometimes plays with depth. So yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. tell how close the axes actually exactly. are together. It's shot, you know, cross-profile. So um, beautiful stills that are quite wide that, yeah, yeah. evoke Hogg, but also evoke, you know, I mean, lots of lots of compositions that sort of remind me. It reminds me a little bit of like Woody Allen in the 70s when he was yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. And he would, and well, later on as well, 80s, mm. um, not too further later on there. 
<laughs> but um, you know, Woody Allen would do. Would Woody Allen was a keen cinephile, and he would. He would. Well, wor- still is. Yeah, but he would. Yeah, very much. <laughs> he would. He work, loves movies. He would work um, with a lot of DOPs from uh, films he liked. Yeah, you know, he yeah. brought on Sven Nikovist. He brought on everyone. Um, Gordon, Sven. He was Gordon a village Willis. bicycle. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> he'd been on but he worked with. Helpful. He worked with uh, <laughs> Nestor Almandros. I think did yeah. did like. Um, uh, Love and Death, I believe. Love and Death, but I think, uh, yeah, I think that the there is a sense in which I know that's the interesting thing about. And Guylaine Cloutier, Guylaine who Cloutier. did lots of the Bresson yeah. films, yeah. did Love and Death. It's just important in return to form factoids. Yeah, the, okay. the, the, the 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 DOPs that Woody Allen worked worked with in the seventies and eighties mm. were just some of Europe's best. Yeah, and it, and you know we th- we remember these films as being like charming comedies, but mm. you know they had real chops, and it's it's similar to the way in which Maestro borrows but borrows very lovingly mm. from like the costume cupboard of, like of European art house filmmaking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also America's tradition of American filmmaking. Yeah, it's Hollywood there as well. We've yeah. got Busby Berkeley, yeah, you know, absolutely. we're talking about, there's the presence of like a Cassavetes, which I think is particularly apparent during these big, between, you know, it's Cassavetes, any argument and any social yeah. gathering, you know, with lots of people, um, you know, maybe a little bit like faces at times, that kind mm. of in raw intensity of arguments. I think all that, together makes it really fun to watch yeah, and i yeah. think what the one of the things i like the most about it which might feel quite pat in a way but is that sometimes these historical biopics when they shift from era to era after very quickly establish that this is the 60s by the way mm. this is the 70s by the way so what they mm. have to do is they have to kind of exaggerate the era you know you get loads of flares you get if it's the 80s you get people walking around with a walkman and it really focuses on these things and it kind of is really trying to beat the drama about the era so you know comfortably where you are. I think Bradley Cooper was confident enough with this film, but it doesn't really do that. It doesn't have these kind of like quite like almost stage makeup visions of each era. It changes like enough changes. Like I said, it has they have their own kind of visual style and pace, but you know, um, and we shift into color once we leave, once we enter the color TV period, I think yeah. we enter color. Um, but it never feels, yeah, it never feels like a mannequin. It never feels like a kind of like silly costume, costume drama. Uh, as it shifts and what it means is that Bradley Cooper's body changes in really interesting ways so yeah. uh, really attentive um, treatment of his costume and of his skin and his makeup and this his is aging like a, process this is a material thing though isn't it yeah. because like I mean you know we love Citizen Kane but mm. we, we can't uh, and, and you know the makeup for that took hours and hours yeah but like you know, it's obviously it's obviously not as good as the makeup in Maestro. No, but you don't notice and it in the same way. And that's you know that's that's fine. That's but that's like a myth. Yeah. That, that what I mean is like, you know, uh, it was like, part that's of like his body, and he, you paid a lot of. It, it, I suppose yeah, yeah. His, his performance embodies the changes yeah. really well. He, he walks like an old man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there was no. something very good about his kind of sagging chicken neck and his incredibly bronzed in the 80s he's really bronzed it's arms coming for us all. Arms. <laughs> it's coming for us all baby but he looked good you know and it's yeah, i think yeah. some of my favorite tone shifts in the film you know at the very end he has this you know his wife has died um cancer uh, he nurses her through her cancer and he is giving a class uh in his older he's probably seven you know his mid-70s or whatever um, and has this slightly flirtatious interaction with a young student. Mm. And then we cut to him in, on the dance floor, bathed in red light. Yeah. It's all kind of blown out slightly. You know, it's kind of gory and sparkly oh, in a way. It's beautiful. But it's, rave, it's yeah. very ambivalent, but yeah. really beautiful. Like this moment of him, you know, it's kind of stripped of sexuality in a way. He's just mm. very liberated. Um, and there were mo- amazing There's moments. passages in reverse, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, film. yeah, reverse passages. Uh, but I think there was where, yeah, so, you know, not to kind of single out these quite emotive moments i think the entire film was really tight and very mm. strong and i i was just surprised about because you know when bradley cooper's talks he's actually said he likes renee yeah that's been a, a reference so he's he's loved like he's obviously seen like Rosham on more and uh marion bad potentially because you see it particularly in the black and white segments of the film these yeah kind of dutch angles these slightly strange compositions beautiful bit stark r- beautiful bit right at the start where he's like opening the window you just have you yeah what i love was his his complete yeah. lack of fear about depicting things in like awkward indirect ways mm. that make you look harder mm. and i think maybe that's the quality of art house filmmaking that um is you know a lot of people when they dismiss art house films they say oh you know it was really slow or like i couldn't really like see you know films mainstream films uh and you know that the hollywood used to make really great mainstream films that um 
that had like melodrama and mm. and, and 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 fantastic stories uh, original stories um and uh and and were very innovative in filmmaking actually but they weren't innovative in this particular uh very like obscuring way that uh that the, the sort of art the european art but they were short was. and tight these exactly. films often you know and he's, he's he's playing with a lot more time and yeah it did kind of lean into these very grand very deep soft focus com- oh, sorry deep focus compositions yeah, yeah. the beginning and it really established a sense of like grandiosity i think about um because you're dealing with a man's legacy and a man who's considered to be probably the greatest american composer uh not conductor conductor and composer he's because of course you can he composed West. no i know yeah, i know yeah, i know who are the yeah. other american composers exactly it's kind of a shallow bench <laughs> true, <laughs> but true, true, yeah true, true. but i think there is a sense in which yeah uh he has well, had like international state cage and yeah like yeah cage who like feldman all these people but in, in in terms of like the i suppose the orchestral and symphonic tradition of american classical yeah. music yeah he's considered you know a popular figure um because he had international chops as well and you really see it in with that that Mahler performance which is an extraordinary five minute sequence yes um beautiful one thing that i thought with that and with tar yeah because both cases i think of of an actor learning how to conduct and then basically conducting really well Mm. as far as i can tell well he just you only see him conduct once in this don't you yeah there's less conducting going on than in um, but like what is what is this is a bit of i'm being i'm pretending to be dumb here while also being dumb but like what the fuck is conducting can if you can just learn it for a film like it's you obviously can't. not i think it's obviously like, not <laughs> there's a bit of i know he had of, loads of other skills it's a bit there's disgusting. a bit of de- right. I, I don't really know it well enough but there's a bit of debate about like because a lot of it's preparation so the conductor is working you see this entire actually is working through the entire score bit by bit beforehand so the actual Con- like when they're conducting on the night uh, it's all okay. like it's just, it's all know. the rehearsal and rapport with the yeah. orchestra yeah, yeah. So they, they've tightened and finessed what Cooper and, is doing yeah. is basically mimicking mm. all that pre-prepared work yeah. the, so he's not just like feeling the thing and doing it he's like but he is really feeling in that moment yeah, as well, yeah. I think. but he's yeah. not like doing what he's doing because in that moment he's like oh it feels like this now yeah oh it's exciting no, yeah sad. it's like yeah. I like he's thinking yeah. I I need to tell these people to do this. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to go there. And yeah, I suppose it's like a, a... I just don't understand. It's like more confusing than sign language. It's like... Yeah. Because it's not like... It's not codif- not completely codified, but it does send signals. It's very it's also just about well. the like feeling. Different conductors will have different styles of conducting. Your hands are doing specific things. You mm-hmm. know, one is telling you when to come in, the other yeah. is setting your tempo. It, there is a thing to it. And I think, I suppose, with a really good, like, philharmonic orchestra... Mm maybe they don't need a conductor as much as maybe a amateur orchestra in that sense maybe i don't know you know they're going to know that these pieces perfectly but i think i think there's a lot of uh, I, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm a film person i'm not sure we need to bring on it's a, very cinematic for sure it's super cinematic it's that's visual. all i care about yeah yeah actually i don't care if it's wave uh, the hands around we love it uh, but if you see video of uh, bernstein I did yeah, also very excitable, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, emotional. Maybe not as much as Randy Cooper. Had you think he hands out slightly? Yeah, a little bit, but I think he's allowed to in the context of this because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if it's good conducting or bad conducting in the context of this. It's very powerful piece of cinema. Um, I really yeah. enjoyed it. You know, no, um, I thought it was a uh, it's terrific. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it didn't feature. We hadn't seen it when we did our top five films of the year. No, it wouldn't have made its way and into I that top list. No, yeah. if it would have really. There were so many good films last year. Well, we saw a lot of films, but, but it's um, really good, and it's yeah. good that you can see it on Netflix. Yeah, you know, there is a, a lot promising. more people are seeing it, and probably mm. a lot of people. I, I'm overwhelming feeling is people don't really like it. I, I'm getting, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of like th- reviews saying that it's indulgent, that it's yeah. Oh yeah, it's fully indulgent, but like no, but like as if that was a bad. Oh, as a negative you know. sense, yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, that's it's a it's a horses, it's a pejorative horses. word. <laughs> yeah, but for me it's like I think I think you know it's it's more like committing to the bit. He fully commits to the bit yeah. of, of the yeah. scale. Like how else do you you know with a, a story like this, you could either choose to like pick out one moment in uh, Bernstein's life, or you can explode it and try and do something that encompasses his whole career and finds mm. moments and finds an arc there. And it is an arc there. You know, even though they're quite fragmented episodic scenes, you know, we'll suddenly jump. It doesn't really tell us where we are, or why we are there, mm. which is nice. It's not like. California, yeah, 1967. Really it's just we're suddenly just somewhere else. Yeah, and, yeah. There's a and it's not too long refresh. for such a sprawling film. It's only like two hours, basically. Is it? Yeah, it's two hours, eleven minutes. There we go. Yeah, uh, it yeah, feels. It feels like yeah. It feels more expansive than that actually. Yeah, um, but it doesn't linger or like yeah. No. It doesn't really indulge itself. Um, so yes. Yeah. 
we 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 are now going to do like a we're oh gonna God. we're gonna say what we just said. We just summarize an executive summary summary for for the TikTok format. Uh because because that's going rather yeah. well for us. Um uh, that that's that's famous last words. I think touch wood. Yeah, oh, this is what we did last is time. MDF wood? Um yeah, it is, yeah. That's not MDF, that's chipboard. It's full chip of wood. Oh, um for, for listeners uh for listeners, are, this is chipboard. For, for listeners own. who are listening, uh <coughs> we are on YouTube, we're filming this, so yeah. that's that's available. So um true. so you can see our our Bernstein esque uh, gestures, gesticulations. Um but yes. What so what were the three, three. reasons why Mm. Maestro was better than it had any right to be. Okay, so I think visually, mm. its cinematography um, took quite daring steps. Lots of deep focus, mm. uh, very pulsing, moving, flowing camera. Very exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. Really interesting tonal shifts, mm-hmm. um, and it looked and breathed and felt like a lot of filmmakers we love. Bergman, Cassavetes, Joanna Hogg, we mm. mentioned, like it just feels like it's very confident in articulating um, what film can do mm-hmm. uh, and didn't feel chaotic in doing that. It managed to hold all of these different visual styles together and do all of them really confidently. So visually, yeah, yeah, pretty mesmerizing, I thought. Um, I was going to say maybe number two, performance. Mm-hmm. I think both actors, uh, there are also some great bit parts, Sarah Silverman appears. Sarah Silverman was great, yeah. Here, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, Carrie Mulligan, mm. uh, b- both Carrie Mulligan and Bradley Cooper, excellent yeah. accent training. Uh, they really she had that kind of mid-Atlantic. Yeah, they do that transatlantic. Wow, I'm not so sure about that. You know, mm. really like beautifully, uh, but not overly done, uh, slotting themselves into the context. Mm. Uh, but yes, a terrifically passionate performance that captured, I think, the many contradictions. I think Cooper's. Cooper first, firstly, like transforms himself physically. He uh, knows what he's doing. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> but you know, he, um, the nose. I when I heard about it in the news, it I was wasn't like, as big as I was thing. like, this yeah. is a bit silly. Mm. I, you know, I know the hours was fine, but like, mm. uh, you know, I, I, when I, if, you know, if I'm told there's a prosthetic, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical. It's all you can see but, when someone tells but, you about it. Yeah, but actually, in Maestro, what it does is mm. make him not look like Bradley Cooper. It it's makes so him, important. it yeah. makes him look yeah. like a different person who looks quite a lot. Like and I think that probably Leonard helped Bernstein. him helps him with the performance yeah. in a way to, to, to sort of like defamiliarize his own face a bit and be like, okay, I am someone else. I'm not like Chris Kyle. Yeah. So time. reason two, the nose. No. It's kind of um, like, um, yeah, there's something about the character of, um, let me see. What's the, what's the third Leonard thing? Ber- Leonard Bernstein, the main guy. No, no, no. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm just, um, um, I've just written a note and I can't, um, can you not decipher? Meant to. What does that say? I said formal innovation, great performance. Meant meant to metabolizes star. Meant membord. We don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you've just. I think you've just discovered a. It's like looking at sort of heartbreaking a story. Heartbreaking story. God, it's like solving a crossword. Hey, uh, <laughs> very cryptic. Um, okay, number three, heartbreaking story. Uh, the, t- the way it elapses over time, very beautiful. I suppose it that jumps ahead in these interesting ways without signposting us through his life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it also portrays this like immense complexity, like passages, in fact, of someone who's like immensely vivacious, mm. uh, well loved. Uh, but like desperate for affection, desperate for approval, and mm. and I think it also sensitively shows uh, the journey uh, of of dealing with someone like that, all the people around someone like that. Uh, it's yeah. a very honest and difficult portrayal of loving someone who who is never can never be loved enough, and and that mm. stuff is is gone into in, in great depth. The and it reminds me actually of that amazing shot of of Kerry Mulligan. Everyone's queuing up. To shake like, his hand, to shake his hand after this great performance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and she's just walking alone the other way, and no one's looking at her, mm. no one's like thinking that she's there, and the shot just holds for a really long time of her just walking down, mm. and then turning. Yeah, I mean, just it, to me, it, to me it's as emotionally a film, intelligent, to me as a filmmaker, yeah, this yeah. is like somewhat common sense. Yeah, but like uh, I don't say that to diminish it, but like mm. these are great decisions. 
that I think really bolster the emotional tone of the film. Mm. And I just think it's crazy that that's not what most films look like and no. especially these other films would have would have would have bottled it and cut too soon exactly. we would have cut back to Bradley Cooper to see how he's thinking about her is he noticing that she's walking away it would have cut back to her it would have gone back to Bradley Cooper but it just holds the camera on her back exactly shooting back I thought it was great I will say as well that like you know I know we've had three and three but I feel like the kind of the the tensions it managed to pick up in a film you know mm -hmm. not only you know with his sexuality but I also thought between you know musically like I said before about his you know, uh, pioneering um, of American musical theatre and Broadway theatre, but also mm -hmm. his like love, abiding love for Mahler and for the classical tradition. There's lots of interesting tensions that emerge through the film. You know, not just his sexuality, but yeah, mm -hmm. his his personal life and his private life. You know, his musical interests, how he treats different people in his life. There's lots of interesting. You know, the the portrait we're getting of um, as someone said Mahler, the portrait we're getting of Bernstein as he moves through the film is like quite a complex character who's having to hold a lot together i thought really like good acting performance well done Bradley beautifully Cooper. beautifully done mm. i wonder what he'll do next but uh, yes in, in oh my god beethoven oh let's get, wait, sorry, let's just get him doing all of them let's just get in in this um, world of, of like Zanakis. the crisis of, um, of of um the crisis of ip people mm. talk about constantly almost every film produced by hollywood mm. um intellectual property yes mm. um uh, constantly every film made by Hollywood seems to just draw on some existing project or franchise or be about the life of someone famous and usually yeah. this means that the film will be derivative not just in content but also in form. This was like a really exciting example of someone taking something which obviously is an interesting topic which is more likely to attract an audience. It just mm. is. People watch things about stuff they know um, but does it in a really interesting and exciting way that makes makes us excited I about filmmaking yeah i think there's something about uh, we have private conversations not public conversations private conversations occasionally about, we talk off mic yeah sometimes and about how maybe this is a part of filmmaking in the hollywood establishment where i mean with biopics where people are allowed to take a few more risks so mm -hmm. you think about um uh blonde so the marilyn monroe biopic which is similar in some ways i feel like almost like blonde walked so much I could run in a way. Okay. This, this kind of clashing of different Elvis? styles. Elvis is a very strange film as well, like formerly very strange. I also go back to Jackie. Um, oh, I didn't see the JFK, The JFK or uh, You're across uh, Jackie the Kennedy. Uh, I'm across all these these biopics. I find them really interesting. I think what? Priscilla was one you thought was quite yeah, boring. Yeah, I was just about to, that was but, what I was, uh, was going to say. Uh, um, Priscilla, um, Priscilla made by an auteurist director who has yeah. who has done interesting things in the past. So true. Um, you know, someone, a Nepo baby, who can, sh not, she's not anymore a Nepo baby, she's proof No, she's earned her. <laughs> but, okay, but, um, but, you know, someone yeah. who definitely, I would imagine, mm. has the creative freedom to do something much more interesting than she did, ends up making like a kind of very, a really sincere yeah. Lana Del Rey video about, you know, and, and yeah. one of the reasons is because because it's so it's dumb. it's managed by the the, the, the subject this yeah. no not the per Priscilla herself was oh, executive yeah. producer oh, of course yeah um and 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 that probably contributes I mean I'd be surprised if it contributes to the formal boringness of it but um certainly it makes the, the, s it the story you'd want to be safe yeah the know? depiction yeah, is very yeah. sanitized and very yeah, sympathetic yeah. with the, uh, the the central character but yeah Priscilla is it betokens this dullness that seems to be uh, seems to have swept through uh, Hollywood but perhaps. Uh, things like Maestro showing that it's being swept out. Yeah. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? No, not anymore. No. no. Maestro, King of being get <laughs> being a great <laughs> great <being laughs> great composer and conductor in the American being tradition. A fantastic um, yeah. uh fantastic queen. Yeah. There's an amazing line where yeah. where she where she calls him a queen. She gets like yeah. well she gets one moment to be like a bit homophobic towards him after being like yeah. Being cut, being um, cut, you know, cheated on with yeah. men repeatedly. Um, uh, delightful. Watch delightful it on film. Netflix. Watch it on Netflix. Yeah. On all your favorite streaming devices. Yes. Your smart fridge. Your um, we are going phone. to make a journey from mm. Hollywood to Shanghai. We're going to get shanghai Yeah. On YouTube, this will mm. be two different episodes. What does it mean to get shanghai actually? It means you're it's forced yeah. into a situation that you weren't... A aware of or, yeah. or like wanting not to necessarily a, a negative situation not being kidnapped but you've been like having something bounced on you like a, yeah you could say a surprise Sprung party is, you, yeah. uh, is a shanghai but i i've been yeah. i've been shanghai into some sort of can we actually find out the origin can i want you to do two things can you turn down my headphones slightly yeah i can turn down your head <laughs> uh, and can uh, you find are you on out like one or two let's just find out 
I'm, don't worry about mics. It's about the headphones. No, no, but headphones one or two because I don't want to turn down myself. How's that? How's that? That's how's oh, that's too much. Too, that's how's loud. that? That's loud. Lower, lower, lower. Speak again. Hello. How's that? Slightly lower. Slightly. How's that? Good. Um, and then let's find out about the origin. The of origin the of Shanghai. Mm. Um, Just give ourselves a minute. I need to tuck myself back in. Are you a bit cold? Oh no, I'm just. I, don't, I think I'm still unwell. Oh shit! I think I'm still unwell. Damn, you really got hit by this thing. I I will close this window actually. This is a uh, real research hours here. So to get to Shanghai, to Shanghai, someone is to kidnap or trick them into working for you specifically. That's interesting. So not just a situation. Shanghaiing, which is the uh, Shanghaiing or crimping, mm. is a practice of kidnapping people to serve as sailors by coercive techniques such as trickery, intimidation, or violence. Such as, I've got a job, and he's like, "Is it being a sailor?" No, that would be an example of Shanghaiing. Someone. Okay. Yeah. Is that an example given? Or you just no, that's just me coming okay. up with on top of my head. Those engaged in this called kidnapping were known as crimps. A related term, press gang, yeah, which I'm aware of, refers specifically to impressment practices in United Kingdom's Royal Navy. So like a lot of things it has, like, like you know, ship shape and Bristol fashion, all these things it has, you know, starboard port. It has, you know... It's very navel-gazing. It's very navel-gazing, isn't it? Thank you. Hey. Um, so yeah, that that is a phrase that is largely irrelevant to the purposes of this... Um, film discussion but it is a film that is made set in, in Shanghai, set in Shanghai. Yeah. I was Shanghai'd into seeing that no I wasn't <laughs> I, I came my own version. I really gassed this film up but actually, yes yeah, uh, Owen, Owen, this is one of Owen's favourite films um, it is yeah can you before I reveal see, reveal mm. my secret opinion uh, mm. about this film you're going to Shanghai me into revealing my truth yeah yeah, yeah yeah can you tell me give us give the listeners um, who may not have seen this film a, an idea of okay so Liu Ye for those who don't know is a Chinese filmmaker um Suzu River was his, his, his second film. So his first film was called Weekend Lover, um, 1992. Uh, and then a few years later, in 1995, um, he made a film called Suzu River. So it's set in Shanghai. It's a sort of, I suppose, vertigo-y style love story, um, which follows, uh, it's a nested story. A man um, falls in love with a woman who in turn recounts a story to him about, it's almost like this folktale that she recounts about um, this young, uh, these two lovers um, who get entangled in a like drugs um, and gangs and violence, and they end up becoming separated from each other. Um, and this man is this kind of like this almost this kind of uh, mythic lovers story, this folkloric lovers story of this 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 kind of like these these doomed lovers. Uh, the woman goes missing, pre- perceived dead, presumed dead. Sorry. And Mada, her um, boyfriend, which was a strange name on this film. It doesn't sound particularly Chinese, Mada. You know, it's odd. I don't know much about Chinese names, apparently. Um, he spends many well, years... You'd be called like Wing Wang or something. Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's not what I'm saying, Ralph. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like Xi Jinping, <laughs> all of the famous Chinese names. Um, <laughs> um, then uh, he spends many years... Uh, searching for her um, and he finds her he believes in this woman who looks exactly like her because it's played by the same actress who is the yes. love interest in the main overarching narrative as it were the kind of nesting narrative so it's slightly fasted fragmented story of lost love um, of longing of hope of dash dreams of crime um, and youthful dissolution um, so that's the kind of what happens that's the kind mm. of pressy the fabrica um the fabulous, sorry. Um, I love this film. Also, mm. at first, I think mm. it's compositionally weird. It's uh, emotional. It uses a lot of POV footage. Um, it uses it has a roving eye. We're often coincident with the narrator's eye, who's a bit like the filmmaker. Um, lots of real intimate close-ups. Um, great music, kind of uh, great music, like sound mixing and music that uh, crashes in. So it has incredible music cues. Um, and a very, yeah, something almost like, it's not fantasy, it's very much rooted in the real world, but there's allusions to the fantastical mm. here, but it doesn't sort of pull that lever too much. It's, you know, the kind of frailty of memory, mm. um, and so that's why it's quite a, f- you know, faceted, frag- fragmented film. 
um, which you know sends light reflecting back in lots of different ways. Um, and I suppose it's a melodrama, really, and more yeah. than anything else. You know, it's a, it's a, a big emotional melodrama uh, with urban anime, crime, love. Um, all the things we associate with kind of Chinese cinema of like the 1990s and lots of ways and 2000s um, uh, that would then become super, I suppose, romanticized in the form of, I mean, in Asian cinema generally or something like Wong Kar Wai, yeah, who we think say. of as being like Mr., you know, Mr., you know, sentimental melodrama, but lots of real like lavish color that looks really good in a photo, you know, in a sort of fashion editorial that's the difference whereas this is a bit more stewy and brothy it's the color yeah. is amazing but it's not you know it's not bisexual lighting yeah mm. um i thought there was much to commend about it uh that's good. It, it was yeah it was uh, a very easy watch i mean it's not very long um yeah. it's over almost too soon or like quite abrupt ending i felt yeah very abrupt ending. Um, I feel, yeah. it almost felt like it was unfinished like it was like a third act um mm. sometimes films don't have third acts you know shiva baby uh, <laughs> but um you know uh i agree the i mean we saw it on this very new restoration the 4k 4k restoration yeah. at the garden cinema and it was it's very sharp very sharp and uh i surprised it's on 16 mil because it's really it looks Beautiful. pin sharp yeah um and the color the the palette i don't know whether it's something about the landscape i know certain film stocks just have this quality of mm. in a way that color grading digital never can never quite capture certain film stocks have a way of like making everything that everything on one side of the palette look like the same color mm. like everything looks gray except for the stuff that's orange it's like a very you know it takes a lot of work to have that that kind of a control of, of, of digital so looking at a really good bone broth in a way, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's got these pockets and puckers. It's of got like, things coming out of yeah, the grey. I mean, mm. it's uh, but then it, the sun is out some of the time. But it, yeah, it's 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 about. I mean, it's about like a very polluted river. Like it opens, it sets its stall with this like mm. Rene esque like um, voiceover going through this 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 uh, t the titular river, the Suji River, mm. um, and the river obviously uh, in very in various important ways provides the the the. The backbone, the back, but the mythic, yeah, the mythic backdrop to yeah. the, the most important dramatic uh, elements. You mm. know, the woman, uh, well, one version of the woman, uh, lives on a houseboat. Mm. That location is really good. I mean, it's uh, usually only in in kind of Eric Romare films where I get really excited about someone's flat where they live. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, yeah, like, it looks like, like a great. There's like gap, an a actually. really sexy poster on the wall mm. of like two people hooking up like and you just mm. you keep seeing that poster when you see her it reminded me a lot of millennium mambo yeah yeah, yeah. um it's quite, which is from literally from what a couple of years later a few years Taiwanese later. film of course yeah. not a chinese film but um yeah. yes uh, hu Hu Shashen. Hu Shashen. Oh. um uh, yeah very much like that thing of just being in people's houses and like being around very casual uh intimacy mm. um what I would say it reminded me of, and I guess this is where I might start to speak in not such uh, effusive terms about the mm. film, even though I'm about to compare it to a film I do quite You're like. You're not going to hurt me, don't worry. No, no, no. I'm just tearing you up. You know. yeah. uh, I, I knew, I basically knew that I would like it a lot, but nowhere near as much as you like it. Mm. And that, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's very much a, it's exactly, a very me yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, it is, you know. Uh, fragmentary mournful uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's uh, formally innovative you know mm. um uh yeah but um it it uh it reminds me quite a lot of knight of cups by terence malick mm. I don't know if you've seen yeah this. i've seen knight yeah, of yeah, cups yeah. yeah or based on you you really liking yeah knight of cups, knight of cups yeah. is a very is a is a really odd film in the way i did a, a, a solo podcast i think we sort of we had a podcast break after our, after mm. we'd done like a year of the podcast, we sort of stopped, and then occasionally we'd like each of us would record our own like yeah. private episode about a film. Uh, it wasn't like we'd fallen out or anything. It was just like no, kind of, it, it was, was a way of keeping the thing going without us actually having to, like we we needed. A it's holiday. like a dead drop, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. But it's not there. Um, um, but yes, it was because uh, we were doing it every week. Like it was lockdown. Anyway, mm. um, yeah. So I, I remember doing a, an episode about it. So. Do listeners do tune into that? But yeah, Night of Cups, it it's a film with loads of big name actors in, mm. made in a very big name, high budget way, with like low, like with like loads of very un like bold musical choices. Yeah. Um, and it's like kind of like a really long music video, 
and it, it gets into this kind of this swampy realm of just like the editing is interesting in the sense that it um it likes flows but it also flows so much that you kind of lose a, there aren't really that many hard cuts in Suji River you just you kind of flow from one thing to the next I there's some stuttering cups I have to change the battery on the uh, oh. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll keep talking so there are some stuttering cuts so I can talk a little bit about this this POV footage and that kind of just skip and jump around a little bit uh, you know usually just a few frames and that yeah, with the rock and roll um, car is not but, but yeah that, the there are long sections that like jumping jumping ahead a few uh, frames it'll be like dun, dun, the the, the, the charming chap who introduced it um uh made made reference i felt like the, i felt like mm. he was and i understand this i felt like he was a guy who's into really interesting films but like is a bit embarrassed that he's into all these films that like some people w would think of as pretentious or whatever. No, he needs to lean into it. Cause he, it cause he was kind of doing it down. He was like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a masterpiece, but like it is really Wrong. interesting. And I thought, hold on a minute. You know, don't my dear comrade here thinks mm. it is a masterpiece. I think it is a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, think and also he said that the, the camera work was sort of peep show like. I thought which, that was such a bizarre. Which like <laughs> fine, like on like a, on a, like a technical level, sure. Like mm. it's doing In that. In nature that a POV But like, is. do you like, uh, like yeah. give us some credit. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've seen Zalowski. Well, you know. Like you don't um, need, like don't, you don't need to invoke. And also it's not very like, like peep show manages to do that in the least in like least cinematic way mm. possible kind of in intentionally intentionally yeah and yeah. i you know i, I don't, i'm not even attacking peep show here but, but it's not fine it's great you know it's not uh it's not kieslowski you know it's not mm. um uh, it's not a cinematic masterpiece no um but, but yeah think, yeah so, so there is again there's certain i don't know if this is sweet generosity's worked this out on his own but it, it has all the, the the kind of brash formal innovation that you expect from a kind of sophomore film lots of mm. ways you know um if you've seen lu yes so I, I i watched uh his debut um weekend lover um a few nights ago um which ha shares certain similar formal properties as a love triangle i mean it's mm. really a, a love rectangle in um suji river but yes. fundamentally it's kind of a love triangle um because you know there's one woman who's basically two women whatever regardless uh th his first film we can love a is love it? parallelogram the love parallelogram yeah Sorry, so very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that that was pretentious um so there was a yeah there was a a love triangle whatever between three characters in um in weekend lover it features a lot of rain it happens at night it's all quite bleak oh, the rain's great the rain is incredible um in this one yeah uh, we can love i mean unfortunately we can love it like is is so far from being restored or even in watchable quality is terrible quality um and yeah so it's it, i only have like a kind of like ghost world impression of what it's like but it seems to be a very beautiful film as well you should have requested we were given a survey um for funding reasons oh, yeah uh asking us what we'd like to see shown at the garden cinema in future mm. and we weren't sure whether we had to pick Chinese films. I would have picked We Can Love as uh, a resto. You have, you know. Yeah, should have. The thing is, they might just have. There might be a film canister looking around. Of oh it. yeah, almost. It's shot on film, yeah, so yeah, someone so will have someone, it knocking around. Yeah, and um, it's a recent film, so it should be somewhere. Uh, so yeah, so so We Can Love was quite daring. It featured scenes of raw intimacy, uh, sex. Um, he's quite an erotic filmmaker in some ways. Mm. He's attached more to the kind of emotional um, rather than the kind of uh, purely transactional nature of sex. Um, I think it, both films were, both films landed in hot water in China. So he, yeah. so it took a couple of years for Why? Weekend Lover to be released. I think it was so close to Tiananmen Square, so close to 1989, 1990, when any signs of like youthful independence and rebellion were being squashed. Um, but it's not a political film. No, but you know, in these kind of regimes, you know, uh, is anything good? That anything you don't good, like anything good? Anything independent that shows young people getting up to crime, doing so drugs? Like, I mean, Tarkovsky got loads of stuff like not allowed or banned mm. or whatever. Yeah, it's like what? Like Remember how like Illich's Gate, like a film about young yeah. people. How how difficult it was for for Illich's Gate to get right. sold and you know any any sign of youthful independence. This is Marlon Kutsiev's film. Kutsiev, yeah, but that film is um, a bit more explicitly like countercultural countercultural yeah. it is interesting like i mean obviously now like not to make a broader point and distract you but like no. there are like now stuff doesn't get banned we li when you're in capitalism mm. you don't Unfortunately. get you don't get banned you just don't get any money yeah and so you feel like what you're doing is like Whereas the weird thing about a lot of these films is they give money to someone yeah, like Tarkovsky going, 
don't make a really formally complicated yeah, yeah, film. It's yeah, got yeah. loads of like barely sublimated political allegory in it. They'd be like, no, I won't. Don't worry. And yeah, it's like yeah. fucking hell, Andre. What have you done? We're gonna have to ban this. But that wasn't even what like like Andre no. Rublev wasn't like an allegory against. No, it wasn't against the Soviet Union. It, it was, was just was like a, a beautiful film. It was about a paean an for artistic integrity and yeah, freedom. Sure, sure, but sure. I don't know how much of that he would have made that film in but 1905. Like how much of an, a conceptual leap with a censors making to think that. A film like Andre Rublev was an attack against them. Well, when you're, when well, they you're just thought insecure. it was, they just thought it wasn't propaganda. Therefore, it must be sh- like yeah. shit, and, and they were like suspicious of it in some way. They were like, "Well, this is, I guess, it's just like mm. philistinism. It's just like old-fashioned, mm. like yeah, like also on steroids. Like we must ban you, we must lock you away." Yeah, I was not, none of these films are like Ken Loach. I think. None of them are like. No, they're not politically dogmatic, yeah. but it's it's a sense of insecurity, isn't it? I suppose in 1989, 1990, you know, the Chinese government was particularly on edge. So films that were seemed i suppose depraved mm. if you're you know from a from a big culture perspective you know because the film is about but i mean weekend lover and the sushi river show young people getting up to no good drinking getting into fights um in quite you know dogged bars you know it doesn't neither film represents um shanghai in a particularly great light yeah. you know it's it's a uh, deprived um quite gross you know um poverty stricken yeah a, 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 a city of, of vice you know this uh yeah, this particular much. bar with the neon sign i can't remember the name of the bar but good yeah. time bar or something yeah, like that yeah. i can't remember what it's called so but great bars in this somewhat uh, great drinking holes in this salubrious uh film yeah but yeah i i think it, it's it's a gorgeous film um looks very beautiful uh great musical cues weekend lover has a much better musical drop because the main character in that film I'm not talking about a film I haven't seen but the main character in that film joins a band oh, yeah. and it has an incredible like five minute sequence with this gig in an abandoned warehouse um, but yeah so Louis Ye, um basically so Weekend Lover was not allowed to be screened for a couple of years until the political waters had you know kind of shifted down he obviously got some more money to make Suzu River um, that led to him being banned for uh a few years, uh, two, three years, I think, from filmmaking. Um, and he's subsequently done it again. Like He's made films that have led to him getting banned again. So yeah. Summer Palace was a big one Great. from 2006. But Summer Palace is really... It, Summer Palace is not a good film. It has okay. some of the visual flair and formal flair. But Weekend Lover is really good. Yeah, Weekend Lover is great. Um, but Suzy River is the best. Suzy River is the best that I've seen. But Summer Palace um, has a similar narrative about, you know, it's kind of a love triangle. Um, Why are they so lonely? I mean, I know. Because every, of modernization. I know, I know everyone's rapid lonely. modernization is, yeah, in China, I suppose. It's like Antonioni on steroids in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's not just like standing next to a concrete building and feeling like. Nothing. Feeling ennui. It's like, it's like standing around loads of factories that are being built really quickly. Smoking cigarettes. And just like you know feeling like desperate for the unavailable i guess unavailable, that's the yeah. kind of energy of it well not knowing what they want because the characters flip between their lovers you know love is really intense but then they move from lover to lover yeah but they always desire yeah. but they desire that you know this guy for ages desires this woman who has died who he thinks is still alive somewhere mm. you know a forlorn hope yeah, there's yeah. Th- they're attached to i mean i would also like to th- like the vertigo story is a great story like mm-hmm. uh and i'm i'm glad that they're it but it does interest me i guess not to be too discoursey but like are there any like vertigos about men or like vertigos from a dip from a different perspective or is it like <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> about women longing for a man that they like the thing of, the thing where you're like oh, i'm in love with this woman oh i've basically led to her death uh, through some falling incident. <laughs> some falling, yeah. Oh, oh, this new girl. I'm kind of into her. It's played by the same actress. Mm. Looks exactly the same. Mm. And then you make her like dress up as the older woman, the previous one. You're asking if that's a film that exists. Well, like or that film, like vert, like uh, Lost Highway. Well, Lost Highway, the, the man changes as well. But um, mm. uh, Fahrenheit 451, you know, mm. the Truffaut film about the thing is, you know, Julie Chris, Julie, you think, play, anyway. Um, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. Like there are like lots of fi- there are other ones, but there are lots of films it's that follow Manic that dream follow that vertigo thing. Films, and yeah. I'm wondering, where, yeah. I'm wondering quite openly and, and, and vulnerably, mm. <laughs> um, whether that's something inherent to the way men desire women. This kind of like fi- finding them, destroying them, trying to find them again, t- but and then destroying them again. 
it's, uh, or I whether mean, it's just the fact that the male gaze has dominated cinema and so therefore we've never really seen that, Ka-ching, that I think story it's probably, told. I think it's probably that. Or it's a less interesting story maybe for a woman director to tell. I mean, I'm not the person to answer that. I think it's I, about the way men look at women. Mm. Particularly women who are kind of quixotic and mercurial yeah, and difficult. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic just, Mac, pixie, BPD, dream girl. I mean, she's literally you know. a mermaid in this film. <laughs> literally, yeah. Like, um, I mean, she's stylized early on as a mermaid and she lives in a houseboat and I mean, I mean I'm conflating the two different characters played by the but same they actress. are fundamentally the same character I think it's the interesting thing about this film actually is the way that um, the uh, not mermaid girl mm. but the girl who goes missing may maybe kills herself but doesn't um, the way she's presented to us I think as a point of difference is through the, she wears pigtails and she it kind of emphasizes her youth she mm. kind of looks like a child yeah, you know, a large parts of the film, and I don't know how much of that is intentional or not. There's, there's a certain kind of because you know, Marda, the guy who falls in love with her, is a fully grown man. I'm not, yeah. I don't think there's like some sort of nonsense plot in this, but it's interesting that he's attracted to her youthfulness in the same way that the other male is attracted to her quixotic, mercurial charm in a way. They're both very, very different women. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think, so, you know, they're not. But it's about what's deep down, and there's like these. It's like a desire for innocence, and there are these details like the way she folds her arms, where she walks. Mm. I mean, that stuff where it gets it, it, it like dips slightly towards what then becomes quite twee in like Chunking Express, for instance, yeah, where yeah, like yeah. you know, the like pineapple juice, the pi- exactly, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, you're getting the pineapple juice with the best before they over the birthday or whatever. You know, these like little things, these like ways of des- these like very twee like ways of mm. expressing your desire for someone. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas here they're kind of like a little bit more suppressed, like yeah, the yeah. present, you know, the, like the the tat- the press on tattoo on the thigh. Oh, but it's done God, really well yeah. because you know she doesn't really want to show that she's got it. It's like this signifying mark. It's also just kind of sexy. It's kind of sexy because she lifts it's kind her of a sexy skirt film, up. By the way, if you haven't picked up, like, yeah, it's a very sexy film. It's a film that puts you. Look um, on an immersive film that like really uh, makes you feel the feelings of the main character th- yeah. via this very direct immersive. Yeah. Point yeah, I felt very like I felt a lot of longing and uh, wistfulness and sadness. And the music's very heavy-handed, but that's yeah. good. It's good. like all the things yeah. it's doing a lot heavily mm. are like good, but it also means that it isn't in to my mind. Like what I really love in a film is like some sort of countervailing force mm. to that. It's missing that, isn't and it, it right, is missing yeah. that ultimately. Um, so uh, that's why it wouldn't be like uh, that's stopping it from being in my like top. Yeah, I think there's there's certain unexplored coves and rivers and lakes in this film you know one of them um it i kind of like that it leaves it ambivalent about the can, the reason why these two people look so similar um you know maybe a different or a longer film might have pushed into that a bit more because we never learn anything about my eyes uh, but that's past. fine i mean it's just but like she's intentionally vague she says the I don't talk principle. About at past, this point yeah. you can just make a film that's vertigo and mm. people will accept it because yeah like people like People do fall in love with the same woman twice. Yeah, it's like a, a pattern of repeat, re, uh, yeah. repetition. I think, yeah, and I think there's some interesting, I mean, the other things we should talk about, you alluded to briefly earlier, was uh, this use of documentary footage in the film. So it exists in this semi-documentary way, like when we're shooting down the river, you know, those aren't actors, he's just shooting workers on a building site. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. People I thought you meant it was like from a documentary, but no. No, 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 people walking over the yeah, bridge. It's kind of an indie work. film to an extent, right? Yeah. It's like in the world, made yeah, in the world. Yeah, it has to use real people, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and I think there's some great moments uh, where the, what I really like about the uh, POV actually is it does take the POV to a, uh, you know, if when he's drinking a bottle of, there's a bottle, this bottle of bison grass whiskey and we see the kind of, Zubrovka. Bottom, Zubrovka. We saw the bottom of this bottle go up. We see him interacting with gadgets like his pager. Mm. This is great bit about him stenciling his oh, yeah. pager number on the walls of buildings. To I get saw work, this in. Um, I mean, I'm a videographer myself, but uh, I was I, thinking of you when this was. Yeah, it's just <laughs> film about yeah. a heartbroken videographer. <laughs> um, took me back. Um, but no, there's uh, in Stratford. There's someone, someone like put stickers up saying like free music video. That's interesting. Like someone's really trying to get work. Doing but it's free that. Palestine. Yeah, They've moved on, haven't they? Changed. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, yeah. People, people. So yes, it, it reminds me of that. Like people this fly fly postering, fly posting their yeah. services in the hopes of like building up a portfolio, I guess. But that's how he gets the work in a way. And it's like yeah. there's there's a lot about kind of chance encounter and chance yeah. felicitous, felicitous chance encounter. Well, he's in sil- yeah. He's he's um, he's hired to 
document this like uh this tacky bar mm. where he meets the girl My the mermaid mate. girl yeah who's like she's like a cool girl in the bar she's not a cool girl she's not a worker, but she's she's like an exhaust she's like a cage dancer but uh, in the cage she's is a performer a, and she talks the, about yeah the so cage is a, a pool which she swims around in a mermaid costume yeah. which i can imagine is i quite like that because it doesn't what i really like is it doesn't like even though yes you have a, you have a plausible premise that mm. this is a, a kooky club where you know the woman is performing mm. the scenes where she's being a mermaid are like extremely dreamlike they're lovely and beautiful and really feel like they could just be like in his mind as a like Mm. a kind of projection of like who this woman is to me and it means that when you see her later on Mm. she's like wearing she always wears these like shiny sort of almost scaly like -like, tight um Mm. uh dress dress that you can see her pulling it up like almost like a wetsuit anyway so i'm being and very very <laughs> I'm being horny on main, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> just adjusting. Yeah. But uh, no, it's like uh, it's uh, it's it's it does it does it's what it's trying to do very well. <laughs> well, it, I think it, to extend that logic, there's also a lot of you know, there's lots of scenes where people are soaking wet, yeah. you know, from the rain. There's the rain is great. I don't know if they just waited nice. for it to be rainy. What's the rain? Like I think that was a rain machine. Really? It was hitting the ground so hard at some point. It's like it's like a full power. It's like a power shower. But yeah, it's it's extremely aware of like sensuousness and the kind of uh, I guess like the kind of the intense chaos of like really intense passionate love mm. um, and love making. Yeah, um, I had to say like that love making, but it kind of does it. You know, really. Well, I teach you about love making. Today is yeah. the day I teach you about <laughs> making love. <laughs> making love. Can't wait. Your honestly. mother and I have been <laughs> making love <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, it's really Louis is really aware, and I think actually, um, Summer Palace, which I talked about a bit earlier, there's yeah. like that's a much sexier film in a way. Like uh, it's actually less sexy, but I mean, it literally there's in terms of the quotient of the <laughs> amount of sex. <laughs> yeah, it has a lot more sex in it, right? But, right. And it's a, a little more, bit more sex, explicit. Sexy. Important distinction. Yeah, important really, distinction. really important distinction. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of bottled it. Sex a bit. does not equal sexy. No, that's why I'm it's still just a like virgin. class doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> class doesn't nothing equal to do with being classy. Exactly. Yeah. So I think he he bottles it, and I think the problem with Summer Palace is that that in you know Suji River and Weekend Lover there is a lot of commentary about dissolute, dissipated youth, um, anomie, the the kind of like ennui that's brought about through rapid industrialization, people yeah. are left behind. Whereas in Summer Palace, he he says, ah, no, this is actually literally a film about Tiananmen Square and the students caught up in Tiananmen Square. Mm. We're going to see Tiananmen Square. Right. It doesn't show directly, kind of indirectly shows the protests around it. Um, and that's the big overarching, and it swallows this narrative mm. about these these lovers who are uh, forced apart by the events of Tiananmen Square. Um, that film obviously got him into hot water in China, mm. and they were like, fuck off, no. Um, but, then he, but then he made this film that was also... Saturday was like much less uh, Saturday fiction. So he's made films since then. He keeps getting making a film, getting it banned, getting banned from filmmaking, and then we'll come back and make another one. And they're like, for fuck's sake, another one, another one. Here he is again. I think the difference is his later films have been like co-financed by so so. Takeshi Kitano has financed one of his films. Yeah, okay. um, but this one was financed funded by the Dutch or something, right? Yeah. So he's I think he's yeah, Adriana. I think he's had to seek funding elsewhere in his career in a way that allows him to make these films. Um Lao is how you pronounce his name, isn't it? Lu Lao Ye. Yeah. Lao Ye. Allow Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. So I just remember when the, with the when the Chinese woman uh, said the name of the f- of him. It's one of these classic cases I, of just I, mispronouncing I, the. I was like, oh, okay, it, yeah. it's not Lu Ye. It's Lao Ye. It's not like Lou Reed. Yeah. It's Lao Ye. Yeah. But they should. It's not. It's not like it's written in English letters, so it should just be transliterated. So Lu Lu Ye. L O W. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, either way um, you know to cover the kind of um, the the thick forest of um, pronunciation um, I think it's I I love this film um, Mm -hmm. very deeply in a way that I do not love any of Louis' other films Louis' other films Um, I thought it was great and I love that you love it that's kind (laughs) you're doing kindness going Um, Um, it's great I highly recommend people watch it especially oh it's dropping on movie is it? It's a movie, yeah. So lots of reasons we, we yeah. to post about it. Great one to um, watch with your your girlfriend, yeah, or, or boyfriend or new love interest. I think. Yeah. yeah. One other thing I would mention, 
Um, Great one to watch through the orthodontist. Great one to watch if you've been dumped as well, I guess. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. That would... That would so, actually, yeah, great film to watch if you've been dumped. Well, it really, it really reveal uncomfortable Depends whether when you've been dumped, you should... I haven't been dumped recently. I'm not, you know, mm. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's a very sad, mournful film. Mm. Um, and I think it, yeah. If you, if you want to, like, lush in the feeling. And yeah. sometimes you do want to swim yeah, in that feeling. You want to dive into the mermaid pond of the feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what I will say is this film, if you have recently been dumped, you watch this film, it, it, what, it sends up the flare of hope. If you hang out in enough dodgy bars, <laughs> you might run into a woman that's exactly like your ex and she will sleep with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, there, yeah, is, yeah. there is that uh, angle as well. Um, yes. So, you know, it's one of the films that has, does something for everyone, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Uh, so on that note, we've talked mm. about two films we like. Um, which is terrific. Many people say it's best when we talk about films we don't like. Um, I just haven't seen a bad film recently. Yeah, we're just so. good now at choosing films to watch, and we're not being hired to watch everything. So, but we can, we can, we can mix it up. We'll, we'll, we'll do a hate mix watch up. soon. We will, and I think we're gonna do. Um, we're, we're gonna muster up the energy for it because it's a big undertaking. Um, but we are gonna do an episode on British film, <laughs> the problem <laughs> of British film, something we allude to constantly. Uh, why is this particular country that we're both from and living in not mm. as good at making films as its uh, GDP, global cultural standing otherwise would suggest? Yeah. Um, why are there no based Anglos apart from like Peter Watkins? Yeah. Pretty much is the is the elevator pitch. On that mm. note, um, stay safe. <laughs> stay safe. <laughs> I don't watch any bad films. Only watch good films that we've recommended. Yeah. Um, mm. Peace. Yeah, peace out for a while.